0: Hi, everyone. You're listening to the Health and Wellbeing Podcast. I'm Alison Mitchell, a practicing naturopath, and you can find me on naturopathnsw.com.au. These podcasts will feature discussions on various health conditions, health tips, and nutrition from a naturopathic perspective. Sometimes it's just me. Sometimes I'm interviewing guests. All the time, I hope to share with you information on health and well-being with the aim to empower and educate. Please remember that all information is general and not a specific recommendation that replaces consulting with a practitioner. Please talk to your healthcare practitioner before undertaking any changes to your treatment regime. So today I'm joined again by Brooke Hire. She's a women's health physio in northwestern Sydney with a special interest in the pelvis and all dysfunctions that surround this area. She has worked in the maternity unit at Fairfield Hospital as well as in private practice and has been guided by some of the best women's health physios in Sydney including Taryn Hallam and Jolene Murdoch. Brooke aims to empower women to feel confident in their bodies to talk about the issues affecting them and encourage all women to seek help, help when needed to allow them to reach their goals. Thanks for joining me again Brooke. No worries, thank you. So if you haven't listened to my previous podcast with Brooke, I recommend you do so because she talks a little bit about what a women's physio actually is in that session. If you have already done so, then it might not come as a surprise to you that a women's physio can actually be a really important player in the care um, team for someone who experiences mastitis. And so Brooke and I are going to chat today about what mastitis is and um, also some of the different ways that our, our, our own relative professions can help.
1: So let's get started on our booby talk. <laughs> so what actually is mastitis? So as most breastfeeding women would be able to tell you, it's a very uncomfortable and very horrible condition that you get. Um, it's one of the most common conditions that affects breastfeeding women, and it's an inflammation of the breast tissue. Sometimes it involves an infection, but it's not always infectious at that point. Um, and to work out if there is an infection present, you need to have either blood tests or a milk sample done. So, yeah. Okay, awesome.
0: And a lot of women women that are listening might be thinking, well, this doesn't apply to me. But if you're going to have kids, then I suggest that you do keep listening because mastitis affects quite a lot of women uh, in the early days. And the estimates from some of the prospective studies that have been done range up to 20%. And the majority of cases actually occur in those first six weeks So, um, but I mean, mastitis can occur at any time during lactation, but because um, it occurs in those early days, even if you are thinking about um, stopping breastfeeding early, then it's still really important to know what you can do. Also, 20 to 25% of women who experience mastitis do get a recurrence as well. So it's really important to just get on top of that. Mm
1: -hmm. So what are the symptoms of mastitis? They can be very varied from woman to woman. And they can be either just relating to the breast tissue itself or it can affect your whole person so some of the most common symptoms that women might experience and sort of think is mastitis are around the breast where they might have quite a lot of redness swelling um, pain around the breast tissue itself but then they can also have other symptoms that they might not relate to as being something caused by mastitis they might just think that they're coming down with a the flu they might have fevers chills that sort of thing sometimes they can even have um blood coming through their breast milk as well oh my gosh yeah yeah very pleasant yeah yeah um
0: and i've i've heard that the rule is that if you've got the flu-like symptoms and you're a breastfeeding mama Mm -hmm. then treat it like it's mastitis first definitely yep definitely yeah and what about when mastitis gets really scary what can happen then when it can lead into abscess it's where that actual infected area can cause like quite a bit of a sore on the outside of the breast so mm-hmm. normally like t- visibly you'd see in the early stages like the, the breast is quite like red and like inflamed mm-hmm. but when it's so bad like you can actually see like a bit of a peeling of the skin and come out like an actual sore so that's the worst case scenario yes we don't hopefully want we can treat yeah. it before it gets to that stage yes <laughs> um the thing, the thing with mastitis is that, like, I mean, it's so awful when it happens, and like, women just, like, I feel sorry for any woman that experiences mastitis. But a lot of women do actually decide to stop breastfeeding because of it. Mm-hmm. However, there are so many benefits to breastfeeding that it's really important that there's more awareness of what we can do to actually help with the treatment of mastitis, but also in preventing it. So we'll talk, we'll talk more about prevention of it a bit later. Mm-hmm. But I i love talking about benefits of breastfeeding yes so we'll get into that i'll talk about that a little bit um one of my favorite things that it does is the way that it affects the baby's immune system Mm -hmm. and it does this via a few ways but one of the ways that it does it is by transferring prebiotic fibers and these are transferred from the breast milk into the baby's digestive system and then it feeds all of their little good bacteria and then as the baby gets older interestingly the breast milk changes its composition mm-hmm. and there's actually a change so that there's a little bit less of that fat that helps to provide the calories for the baby to grow um, and there's more of certain types of proteins there are certain immunoglobulins that actually help to change their immune system as well so after they're you know one years old or so that's more about their immune system as a, as opposed to a fuel for them um, the other thing that i find really interesting about that immune system is that there's this whole um backwash mechanism that happens where a um, little bit of baby's spit goes back into the breast and then the mum's immune system will take that up and it will find any germs that are in there make some antibodies for it and then send that back there's antibodies back through the back, their breast milk to the baby so it's kind of like here you go here's some immune immune uh, mature immune system for you <laughs> um And breastfeeding also helps the mothers out. It's been shown to have protective effects against certain types of cancers, particularly breast cancer and ovarian cancer. Mm -hmm. And it's also protective against type 2 diabetes and osteoporosis.
1: Yes. Yeah. So it's pretty amazing stuff. Many, many benefits of breastfeeding. Yes. Plus it helps you bond with baby, which is also nice. Oh, of course. (laughs) It's
0: beautiful. So what is the usual treatment for mastitis that women seek and how effective is it
1: there are a lot of different things that women can do when they've got mastitis one of the worst things is probably googling on the internet (laughs) um everyone seems to think that once they've had mastitis that they can tell other women what to do and a lot of the time massaging and heat are some of the recommendations that other women will give right which is not ideal um i was lucky enough to go to a seminar with melinda cooper who's a lactation and breastfeeding physio who talks a lot about the benefits of breastfeeding and lactation um, consulting and things like that and she likens mastitis to a sprained ankle which most people have had something similar in yeah. the past when you roll your ankle or sprain it you get lots of inflammation you get lots of swelling so what you want to do first off is rice which is rest ice compress elevate Yep. so you want to rest it then you want to ice it never heat a swollen ankle so For some reason, we've gotten into our heads, though, that a swollen breast tissue is very different to a swollen ankle, and we all want to rub it and move it around and massage it really firmly to try Mm. and unclog the breast tissue, which I can see where women get that idea from, but what they often don't realise is that the breast tissue itself, the milk ducts, don't direct directly towards the nipple. They're sort of interweaved, like bone cords, I guess, that are all connected together. And so if you start massaging and rubbing really firmly, you're actually pushing that affected breast milk into all other areas of the breast. And that can be what results in an abscess, which can give us other issues, obviously. Um, So treatment wise, I would often get women, use your ice, use your frozen cabbage or anything cold that's going to make it feel better Rest, especially if you're getting those flu like symptoms. Yeah. Um, that's one of the biggest things because your body needs time to recover. Yeah. But also, there are a couple of different things that you can do with your physio if you're seeking physio help or from your doctor. Um, and there are some very gentle exercises that you can do, like a pec stretch or some gentle sweeping motions through the breast just to try and help drain extra fluid um, and help to settle that breast tissue down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some of the other things you can seek ultrasound treatment from a physio that can really help with the symptoms yep. of the pain around the breast and help with feeding. Definitely continue feeding from the affected breast as much as possible, or pumping if need be. It is quite painful, but yep. the more you can do that, the better. Um, and then there are other probiotics and other things that can help out. But I'm sure you've got more information yeah, I'll about those. Talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, A lot of women do also seek
0: antibiotic treatment as well. Mm -hmm. But, um, I think that's something that we kind of want to try and reduce the use of as much as possible. Um, but like if you're, I think the protocol is that if after 12 or 24 hours, um, it's not getting any better Mm -hmm. or if it's gotten worse after 12 hours, then antibiotics should be started because then that's a big sign that there's an infective element there. Um, But it's better for the the gut health of the mother and the baby Mm. um, to try and reduce that. Um, And also, yeah, also to reduce antibiotic resistance as well. Definitely. Um, Because, you know, like antibiotics are really valuable and we don't want to have them just suddenly not useful anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's just they use all too frequently in so many other situations. So if you haven't t- heard the term antibiotic resistance before, um, it's when the bacteria can basically learn to outsmart the drugs and th- that are used to kill them, and they either change their the bacteria's structural makeup, so they basically pump that antibiotic straight out of their own channels before it does any harm to them, or they learn to neutralise the antibiotic itself. Um, and it's actually quite a big problem because um, the bacteria that um, become resistant they go on and multiply and spread. And in settings like a hospital, it means that the people who are immunocompromised, like if they've got HIV or certain types of cancer or something along those lines, they're not in a position to fight that bug with their own immune system. And then they can pick up infections, which we then have no drugs to treat them. But for some cases of mastitis, we have found that, like Staphylococcus aureus, infection is quite common in the, in those mastitis samples, and so those bugs are actually already quite commonly antibiotic resistant to begin with, and so antibiotic treatment can, could potentially be quite ineffective for them. Mm-hmm. So pretty much all practitioners are going to be recommending that people completely drain their breasts when they've got mastitis. So whether that's by baby feeding or expressing, but the most effective drainage you're going to be getting is if you have that baby on the boob. Mm -hmm. And so while it can be pretty off putting to think about feeding with mastitis, there's actually no harm to the bub to feed from the affected side. Um, In fact, it's actually better to drain it as much as possible. Um, But there are a few little tweaks that the mum can do to make that feed a bit easier and also more effective to drain that infection Mm -hmm. so if that pain is a little bit too much to start with on the the infected breast then start on the unaffected side and wait for your letdown to happen and then switch the babe over to the infected breast and also try to position the bub with its chin or its nose pointing to the the blocked area because then their little chin will massage that area and help to drain it Mm -hmm. And also when they're feeding, try and really, really gently um, just stroke the breast down um, towards the nipple in that area. And then after the feed, if the the babe hasn't finished, then try and express anything that's left over in that area. Mm -hmm. So we were talking a little bit before about like cold and why some people put heat on too. uh, my understanding is that like generally you're going to be putting cold on the areas of inflammation mm-hmm. but to get yourself started before a feed putting a little bit of heat on
1: do, that might help a little bit of gentle light yeah. heat nothing yeah. too too hot um just because sometimes that can increase that inflammation yeah. but definitely can help to get you started for sure Um, And can you talk a little bit about the ultrasound
0: as another form of treatment for it?
1: Yeah, so with the ultrasound, what we've really found is that it can help to clear up those areas of inflammation. So it helps to loosen up the inflammatory processes in there and just helps to get your lymphatic system clearing out all of that infection a lot sooner in a lot of women it can also help with significant pain relief of that affected area of the breast tissue. So Mm. the way that it works is that you'll come in for a session, you apply the ultrasound for up to about 20 minutes, depending on how much the woman can handle at that time. It can be quite sensitive and there is a little bit of heat in the ultrasound. So it all depends on what the woman can handle, Um, and then generally we recommend breastfeeding from that breast straight after because it will help to drain it a lot
0: okay yeah yeah awesome so i mean before doing this podcast with you i actually had no idea that ultrasound for mastitis was a thing yeah so there we go we've got some more awesome information for women out there I want to talk about the natural treatment for mastitis first but first I wanted to ask you about like why do women get mastitis in the first place
1: yeah so there can be a couple of different reasons as you were already talking about it is very common in the first few weeks and it can be when women are still really working on how to breastfeed and what the best way to do it is getting bub you know breastfeeding appropriately and working on latching so sometimes it can be because they're infrequently feeding or they're not getting enough out of that breast itself and so that milk is getting a little bit stagnant in the breast they may not be fully getting all of the milk out Um, they might be trying to rapidly wean so they're still not emptying any of that um, breast milk out or they could have a really big oversupply of breast milk that bub just can't keep up with Mm. um so there they can be some of the biggest reasons early on or it could be women wearing very tight bras with a lot of underwire that can be just compressing and restricting that breast tissue Mm. which can be quite uncomfortable or if bub is a little bit sick or mum is a bit sick then that can sort of speed that process up yeah and does the um the
0: fatigue levels of the mother has a lot to do with it as well doesn't it
1: it does definitely
0: So, I mean, that's kind of hard to actually get around because, like, new mothers are notoriously tired. (laughs) Um, But that is one of the biggest contributors. So I guess trying as much as possible to, you know, take those steps to, you know, get as much rest as possible and have a support network
1: around you get that village that's really really important definitely yeah and get help for breastfeeding it's not it's not easy yes no one tells you how difficult breastfeeding is going to be and then you're sort of left going why what's going wrong is it me is it baby what's up so get help that is such a good point and i mean
0: like i've been like really lucky to have two babes that were good feeders Mm -hmm. um but i know so many women that do have difficulties so many like friends and family and patients and um you know if you can see a proper lactation consultant that can consult with you one-on-one privately Mm -hmm. um then they're going to be able to give you a lot better advice than getting bits and pieces from you know like you said google or um (laughs) like well-meaning family but who aren't actually experts in it um or also you know in a hospital setting um you've got a lot of different midwives coming in on on their rosters and they might all have slightly different advice but they might not be Fully trained lactation consultant, mm-hmm. and for some women that like you know they get the right advice from them and that's great. Yes. But for some people, if there's problems, they need that little bit extra. Yeah. Um, but even things like the ABA hotline and Laleche, um those are all excellent resources. But definitely, you need to um, get get that help. Yeah. Um, and trying to actually train yourself up on the the right way to do attachment before babe arrives is helpful yes. too. Yeah. Uh, because you know babe comes out and you're just like. Uh, what do I do? Yeah. Like yeah, I... I remember when I was pregnant with Ash, the focus was all around the birth. Yep. And nothing about what happens afterwards. Mm-hmm. But I think that if women can be a bit more sort of um, educated about You know how to feed and
1: look after baby afterwards and yeah yeah, you know that's that's important it can be one of the biggest things one of the reasons why women give up on breastfeeding as well because they don't have that support and they feel like they're not doing a good enough job so if they have that support they know the people to go to for help then I think it can keep women breastfeeding for longer which if they want to do that and they're comfortable with that is best for bub best for Mm mum so yeah yeah and it's, diff- it's different for everyone, but I think
0: that in those early stages, for pretty much everyone, it hurts and yes. it's uncomfortable and it's hard. Yes. Um, and not many women realise that it's going to be difficult for mm-hmm. those first couple of weeks. Yep. Um, and do you know what the thing is? Is that even if you're choosing not to breastfeed, you're still gonna your milk's still most of the time yep. going to come in. Yep. So you need to know how to deal with these things. Exactly. Um, so. Um, Yeah, that's that's why it's really important to sort of get that education beforehand. Be prepared. Yeah, for sure. I'll just talk a bit about the natural treatment for mastitis now so similar to the conventional medicine approach and and everyone really we want to ensure that their breast is getting frequently fully and properly drained and that there's no further damage taking place so that if you are expressing using like a good fitting pump and that the latch is really good as well so we need good attachment babe needs to be fully drained and mum needs to be adequately rested and also to do frequent feedings and she needs to be really well hydrated and like we said to get that advice from a lactation consultant mm-hmm. um, and i do find that there are some herbs that can be helpful so in terms of an acute episode of mastitis um, diet and um, di- in terms of diet you you want to keep your sugar low because mm-hmm. that's important for all types of infections but nutritional supplements and probiotics they're um, not going to act quickly enough in an acute case. They're about the prevention, but herbs can be really helpful for an actual acute episode. And so my favourite ones are echinacea, mm-hmm. uh, which everyone probably knows echinacea, and that's got a really good immune modulating effect. Um, so what that means, as far as herbal medicine, is that it doesn't just stimulate; it can also it just balances it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can really help to also drain the lymphatic system. And so when we use herbs on the lymphatic system. Um, they really help with any sort of block ducts um, so mastitis is an example we also use these class of herbs for things like boils and abscesses pimples um, swollen glands that sort of stuff um, and they're a component in most mixes that we make for infections mm-hmm. um, I also really love calendula or like calendula you probably know because most people put it in their veggie gardens it's like the marigold flower mm-hmm. um, it's this beautiful Um, orange yellow flower it's absolutely gorgeous and that has a really good action on the lymphatic system it's also a healing agent and it's uh, got some antibacterial and antiviral properties and in we in the mastitis formulas I use in very very small amounts poker it um, because it's a very small dose herb um, but that is a very powerful emphatic herb so really really draining and that same herb I also find works really well as a cream so it's you absorb it through the skin and, and that's really good for mastitis too and in formulas I also like to include any herb that works on the circulatory system or as a circulatory stimulant Mm -hmm. so it gets the blood flow going um you don't want to put too much because like you were saying before you don't want too much heat Mm -hmm. Um, but it does help with resolution of the infection Mm -hmm. and that's things like ginger Um, so you could eat ginger Mm -hmm. for sure and um, also there's also a herb like a herb called prickly ash that i use and um if so it depends On if it's an infective mastitis case or or not Um, but if it's not an infective case then I do put a higher priority on herbs that work on the nervous system Mm -hmm. Um, and so anything that can help to reduce stress is really important because stress plays such a big role in mastitis in the way that it affects the milk ejection reflex Um, so basically the more stressed you are um, the less milk is actually going to be flowing out so the less you're going to be draining Um, so that's a really big picture Um, so things like herbs that actually help to stimulate milk flow but also have an action on the nervous system like fur vein um, is really helpful. Um, Chamomile and blessed thistle for instance. Uh, I also recommend garlic lots of garlic if there's an infection so Mm -hmm. garlic tablets or eating fresh garlic and yeah your breath is going to smell but garlic is a really powerful antimicrobial and well there are some babies that are a bit sensitive to sulfur foods so you don't want to go too hardcore if that's the case Um, but just to temporarily to knock that infection out that can be really good Um, it's a really broad spectrum acting uh, antibacterial as well so it will work against antibiotic resistant infections
1: sounds like all Women who are planning on having babies Should be doing all of this from the get-go Rather than waiting until they have mastitis Yeah,
0: I actually for my patients that um have i give them a mastitis mix yeah because you want to get on top of it as soon as possible um i think with mastitis it's all about prevention and particularly it's all about vigilance you know keep an eye out for lumps and that sort of thing and we'll talk a bit more about that yeah in the next bit we talk about prevention but um a little bottle of herbs just for a day if you've got any case of a fever and you've got a mastitis signs can really just help to knock it out quickly before it gets worse and um yeah then you don't need the antibiotics.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well even talking about stress and how that can change things it seems like that would be a great thing. Yes. for all mu- new mums to be looking for sure. into. <laughs> yeah. So um yeah we we do definitely
0: want to focus on prevention, mm. and like because there's that twenty twenty five percent of women who get that recurrent mastitis. Mm-hmm. And there are definitely some things that we can do to prevent it. Mm-hmm. yeah, so do you want to talk about
1: that? Yeah, so one of the one of the big things that I've found for a lot of women, especially if they have had mastitis already, is Chiara is a really great probiotic that I've found women can use, um which is an isolated strain of breast milk and it really helps to prevent mastitis. I've had women with two, three cases of it, and as soon as they've started taking this, then they never get mastitis again, which yes. is fantastic. Um, but then just avoiding the things that can contribute to mastitis. So don't wear those really tight-fitting bras with underwire. Don't wear tight-fitting tops. Make sure that you're you know, fully feeding bub, fully draining those, those breasts, um, and pumping regularly if you need to would be mm. my biggest
0: advice. Yep. yep. Fully drain it. Yeah. Yep. And
1: what about things like um posture while they're feeding? Yeah. Does that have
0: something to do with it? Definitely.
1: So a lot of women like to sit in bed, crouched over and get into all sorts of funny positions when they're feeding babies. And if you're comfortable then it's going to make feeding a lot easier. You don't want to be straining your back or your neck trying to hold baby to you or leaning over to bub
0: yeah Um,
1: one of my biggest recommendations would be if you can feed laying down on your back or on your side give that a go that means you'll be more relaxed bub will be more relaxed more likely to fully drain the breast which is going to help prevent mastitis Um, if you can't do it in that position sitting up with plenty of support behind your back have a stool underneath your feet that sort of thing just to make it a bit easier yeah so you're not all just
0: like hunched over and cramped up yes. and you know the boobs compressing loose. the yeah, breast not compressed yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it actually is a bit mind-boggling to me when I see bra, maternity bras or breastfeeding bras that have an underwire mm. and I mean I, I know that we don't want saggy boobies but <laughs> the, the underwire really does sort of inhibit that lymphatic flow
1: definitely
0: because what I find fascinating is that the breast tissue doesn't just exist in the bit that hangs off your chest Mm -hmm. it actually extends you know up your arm um, like into your armpit and even a bit further down as well Mm -hmm. so when any of those areas are getting blocked then by the underwire or you know bad posture etc that's going to be affecting it it will make a big difference definitely
1: yeah yeah
0: but, yeah, I love your point about the probiotic. Yes. That's one of my favorite things to talk about. And, yeah, you've got to get that bacteria balance right. And so for me, for prevention, it's um, balancing the bacteria in the gut but also in the breasts Mm -hmm. um because like it's really interesting when they've actually looked at women that get recurrent mastitis that they do have a bacteria profile that's different to women who don't get mastitis Mm -hmm. Um, so you can actually help to um prevent it by doing that preemptively as well Mm -hmm. and so the chiara brand that's the lactobacillus fermentum c e c t five seven one six if anyone wants to know that's actually been specifically um, studied in um, prevention of mastitis and it's um, been found in healthy women who don't get mastitis and so that used in that instance um and uh, like i mean if you if you can't find that you can talk to a a practitioner who can usually hook you up with a probiotic there are a few out there that are going to be helpful for mastitis prevention Or if you can't find that, then the Lactobacillus rhamnosus LGG, um, which is really widely available, has been shown to be really um, safe in breastfeeding and pregnancy and help. That's also helpful for prevention of eczema in babies when it's taken by the the Mm mum. So that one's a good one, um, your next best option. Um, And your you just want to do everything you can to make sure that your gut bacteria and your microflora is right. Um, Because for women that get that recurrent mastitis, they also have something going on called a bacteria biofilm, um, which is like so i I describe biofilm as like you know when you when you see the sort of sludgy lining on pathways that need to be hosed off that's Mm -hmm. a biofilm you know plaque on your teeth that's a biofilm Mm -hmm. um so it's like this bacterial colony and it can actually form within the um the ducts in the breast making it really hard for them to completely empty and it can cause um, ductal narrowing and obstruction and so that bacterial biofilm formation is a contributing factor for recurrent mastitis and so the things that you do to prevent that is one you get your population control mm-hmm. which is you know your good bacteria but it's also getting a good immune system so that's my second point is build up your immune system mm-hmm. um, so you need to be getting plenty of your vitamin d um, vitamin c and zinc um, these all need to be adequate and you also need to have um, balanced levels of iron you don't want too much iron um, but, you, but you, you just want the right amount um, and you also need to make sure that you're not doing things that bring your immune system down which is stress, <laughs> yep. um, and uh, too much sugar. Which I mean, I totally get it. As a new mum, sometimes you just want to just just cram all that sugar in, but it doesn't help things out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that's partly because you're stressed. So what you can do is, yeah, try as much as possible to rest and keep your stress low. And it's like it's so hard I mean, I, I really think that you know new mums they need their village and sadly not everyone does have friends or family nearby that can actually sort of provide that help um, and it's also the case that in our culture we've made it a bit we've sort of gone beyond that because now we're too proud to actually ask for help from our village even if we do have it um, and if you get a chance have a listen to my previous podcast i did with kathleen murthy on um caring for the new mama um because th- in that one we talked about the importance of a village and like what's actually happening to stop people utilizing it now and that was that was a really good listen um and yeah for those mums who don't have a village um uh, then i think you know prepare as much as you can before baby arrives um like hire a cleaner organize online delivery of shopping like plan out your meals in advance do batch cooking freeze heaps of it do as much as you can um and i mean obviously not everyone's stress is just running a household (laughs) as well yeah so that is for a lot of people stress extends beyond the house and so um for for that sort of thing sometimes there's not that much you can do about it but you can learn mindfulness techniques that can actually help you to um, cope a little bit more effectively Um, and and yeah that will actually help in that side of things Um, and there's also a few other nutritional deficiencies that women have been shown to be low in who get recurrent mastitis and we don't completely understand why but it's Um, iodine and selenium and Mm -hmm. also magnesium and like theoretically i would think that magnesium would be low because we're so stressed Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and then the stress affects the letdown reflex but i think that with selenium and iodine it's also part of our hormonal cascade pathways because of its role in the thyroid function and our reproductive health but all of those nutrients are really um really really low in australian soils and not a lot of people have them Mm -hmm. so Making sure that you're eating foods that are rich in it, you know um, nuts and seeds and um, seafood if if you're if you're eating that side sort of thing and like a your broad variety of vegetables and um really good is seaweed mm-hmm. and um, also Brazil nuts that are sourced from the areas that contain selenium in their soils. that's really helpful. Um, and yeah, like we said, just good feeding technique. I think that's the really key thing, yep. yeah. Um, okay,
1: so that's pretty much my start is coming, isn't it? <laughs> I think so. One other thing might be in the initial days, if you're really struggling to latch, get onto your lactation consultant, make sure there's no tongue ties or lip ties just yeah. so that that can help with the feeding process. But try and get as much help as possible. That would be my biggest... Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, The, the tongue ties is an interesting topic because yes. it seems to be something that's actually becoming more common lately or maybe more people are aware of it Mm -hmm. um and i don't know whether it has something to do with an increased genetic um mutations in the population of the mthfr gene Mm -hmm. um that's causing those um abnormalities It's something that's not really completely studied studied yet. Yep. But definitely, like, if you suspect there's an issue, then get it looked into. Because, yeah. like, for, for a lot of my patients, I know that, they, you know, they've had it looked into, they had it lasered, and it was just amazing. The difference was just amazing. Yeah. So it's really good to be aware of.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so if you'd like, I've got a couple of um, exercise guidelines and resources and pictures that I can give you so that we can put up on your blog and share them with all of the women who want to know some very gentle exercises that they can do to help out to prevent mastitis but to also help with pain relief if they do get it
0: that'd be amazing thank you so um, if you want to check that out the the website is naturopathnsw.com.au yeah so thank you again so much Brooke for joining us so um, if people want to get in contact with you how can they do that
1: yep so I've got my Instagram page things down there Um, so if you want to get in contact send me an email or a direct message on there I suppose (laughs) Um, but then I've also got my booking page that's connected to it or if you need someone a bit closer to home I'm more than happy to send you in the right direction
0: beautiful all right awesome thanks so much thank you bye everyone